0: over six million men suffer from depression each year it's likely that somebody you know is experiencing feelings of depression or anxiety right now making the decision to start a conversation with a friend or a loved one about mental health takes courage and strength and you have the power to make a difference in their lives you're listening to breathe where we do our best to erase the stigma surrounding men's mental health by talking openly and honestly about our shit i'm everett and today Man, we have a super duper special guest. Um, this this is this is very important to me. Um, more more than a good friend of mine, a a family member, direct family member, blood family member. Um, always somebody I look up looked up to. Um, he he's always been somebody to put a smile on everybody in my family's face uh, with his humor uh with just just his big smile lights up the room um he's a man of god a man of his community a husband and an artist an amazing visual artist somebody i look up to uh my big cousin hey. pharaoh pharaoh Tynes. thank you for hey, coming on man on? thank you so much you for doing? coming on man. it's good to see you I know, Good to see I, you. I know it's I know it's kind of like crazy times, you know. Obviously, I can't wait to see the family in person, but in the meantime, we're just going to keep doing this Zoom thing. Um Right. So, uh, first of all, uh again, thank you for for coming on. I know I know I kind of shared with you that I'm doing this this podcast and um you, you know, I I put it in the cousin group chat. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and and you you texted me outside of the chat saying that you would love to come on here and, and talk about your story um, and right. your experience with uh, with with mental health. And so, yeah, I kind of want to pass it on to you and, and you can start wherever you want on your your experience, your story, okay. et cetera, et cetera. So I, I pass All it right. on to you.
1: Yeah, um, I've been working in the mental health field for about um about 10 years, um uh, working with the youth, group homes, uh therapeutic behavior, uh things of that nature. Um and the reason why I, I implanted myself into that sector of work is because I struggled with that as a youth. Um as a child, I was at at one point I was like the smallest kid. I, I know that's it's you know hard <laughs> to believe. Wait,
0: tell I, the tell the people how <laughs> tall you are, first of all. Oh, um, I'm about six four, about two fifty. You know, <laughs> you said he was
1: a small kid. I'm over here. I'm still under six foot, man. I can't. Right, even. right. <laughs> anyway, right, right. Continue. No, no. But at one point, man, out of all the cousins, I was the smallest, and um, and I had red hair, so I was like, you know, the little short, chubby, redheaded kid. So I got a lot of strife with that, um, in and outside of the family. So, so growing up, being a, you know, being the chubby kid with red hair, you know, really really brought on its challenges, you know mm-hmm. what I mean, in the neighborhood, uh, you know what I'm saying? So uh, that was, that was one of my first uh, reality checks that, you know, I'm I'm different than everybody mm-hmm. else. So there wasn't a, there wasn't a lot of black uh, kids in my, my area. So let alone, I was a short, you know, light-skinned one with red hair. So that, that, was, mm-hmm. that was pretty hard for a moment. Mm-hmm. Then I became the big, fat kid with red hair you know? <laughs> so, so it seemed like that all happened overnight so you know what I mean so so that was that was pretty hard dealing with the bullying and and, and things of that nature you know just being a kid so that's kind of where I uh, um, put all my energy into art you know that's how I express myself so I'm an 80s baby so when everybody was out there break dancing and stuff I was out there trying to emulate the graffiti artist because I seen that's the way that they were expressing themselves but they weren't seen and they weren't known but they were known by their artwork. So that's what I was emulating. Yeah.
0: Wow. I, you know, that's, that's, I didn't know, I didn't, I knew a little bit of that, but I didn't know a lot of it. And just hearing it, like I, it it just kind of goes to show how, how similar we are in terms of just, you know, I mean, you know, me growing up, I was like super shy and like super quiet, like very, very, very reserved and didn't really know how to, didn't really know where I fit in. And, um, Mm. you know, and, and, you know, my older brother, he was like the athlete. And so everybody was, everybody wanted a piece of Tyler and, you know, but I was kind of like on the sidelines and I kind of was in the shadow. And so I don't know how I, I don't know really how I dealt with that, but I I know that growing up, I didn't really deal with it well. And, Mm. uh, and, my parents also put me in in, in art classes. Um, right, we had like the same art teacher actually, same, and and that was uh, that was their big uh, their big influence was
1: right.
0: seeing you know your art teacher and seeing how right. you know and seeing how it helped you express yourself. They they mm-hmm. decided to give me the same exact art teacher and and express myself right. through that um, through right. through visual arts drawing painting uh, what right. have you yeah. Um, Go into. Can you talk about a little bit um, of, you know, some of the experiences, you know, what, how, how the, how the bullying kind of mm. made you, made you feel? And because I know, I know one thing that's, that's difficult is, you know, yes, we have like art to express ourselves, but sometimes mm. it doesn't do the whole, the, the whole job. So I, I don't know if you, you can kind of look back and, and, and think, you know back during the time that the bullying was happening Mm -hmm. Mm how 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 it how it manifested itself either you know back then or today in in maybe unhealthy ways
1: right um i would say as a youngster i really dealt with it um being very um you know i wasn't a quiet kid so i i used a lot of my humor and my laughter to kind of you know shun it off you know what i mean so i was always like the goofy kid always starting stuff you know um dancing you know doing something like that just just for people wouldn't be so nosy i mean you know we have a family of women you know what Mm -hmm. so 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 that was that was that was a big thing and then we had a lot of older cousins so i try to keep up with them so i try to be one of the cool kids so outside of that that area of family when i would go out you know in the public and stuff it was, it was really hard being that that short, fat kid and then being the big, fat kid. So, you know, I got a, a lot of bullied, you know, bullied like, you know, you're, there you go eating again or you can't fit in the desk or I broke a chair or stuff like that. So that was that was really hard um, issues back then. I wasn't really a talker. I was just the, the goofy kid just to kind of express myself. Um, yeah, I would say one of the, the hardest moments where uh, I could say probably like the farthest way i can go back i I think i was like in fourth grade i was at noble middle school and uh kid was making fun of me what have you we were at the lunch line or something and he had said something i just had enough of it so i had you know dipped him like back then dipping was like it you know what i'm saying you pick a person (laughs) up (laughs) so so he had said something to me and i was just i couldn't take it no more you know like you know everybody of the people that i did know um were like gangsters right like so a lot of the kids that I knew were like gangsters but so they were like man you know you got to stick up for yourself you know we can't constantly you know come to your rescue so this one day I was just like you know what man forget it like I'm gonna show the whole school that i'm i'm about it you know yeah and so i dipped the kid and when i dipped the kid and he came to get back up he ran and i ran after him wow, so and cool. i went to tackle him and i landed on him mm-hmm. and when i landed on him he like lost wind, lost consciousness, the whole nine. Mm-hmm. And so the ambulance came and all of that. So I remember getting like one side, like, cool, you stood up for yourself and the other side, like, yeah. the bully was even further. Cause it's like, basically they're like, oh, you sat on the kid, you know, mm. cause you're the, you're the big kid. So yeah. that was that was really hard to, to live up to, you know what yeah. I mean? So yeah. we went, I went to different schools and kind of dealt with the same thing at different schools.
0: Wow. Do you remember, yeah. <clears throat> I guess, so kind of going off of like, traumatic experiences like that,
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know, we, w- what I'm learning, and maybe this mm-hmm. is, this is something that I should have known, or, or maybe, but what I'm learning is, mm-hmm. you know, those, those traumatic experiences, they shape us, um, right, and as we, as we go into adulthood, and, mm-hmm. you know, uh, and sometimes we we choose to go a different way. One way might be positive, right. one way might be negative, and how we deal right. with those traumatic experiences. Um right. so like transitioning into into adulthood, are you uh-huh. have you gotten to a point where you're able to identify um, you know, maybe some of the some of the negative things um uh-huh. if you're open to talking about how that stuff um, affected you like later on in your in your adult life, or even like your young adult life?
1: Right? Um, I would say once that experience hit, um, my mom, greatest woman on earth, uh, Mm -hmm. she, uh, she she dealt with those same issues as a as a kid, you know, she was raised with like six other sisters, and she was the bigger one, you know, and so everybody would make fun of her when, when she was in school. And so she would really be like, she was like my biggest influence. She was like, you know, you can always do it. Let's try to make it better. You know, what skills do you have? You know, be friendly, be kind. She'd always keep me in some kind of like youth groups or, or, uh, or young men's groups or something like that to kind of influence me. Mm-hmm. So with that being said, it really gave me a responsibility and gave me a sense of like being, um, as I was going through that, to shape myself, to, to help others, to uh, mm-hmm. be a leader in my community, And so those influences from my mom really shaped me as I got older. Um, Of course, you know, uh, as a youth, I still wanted to be part of the in crowd, which was like the gangsters and the vatos and all that. Mm -hmm. And so learning that and being seated in that kind of showed me and transitioned me into like, wait a minute, I don't have to be part of these people to be a part of something. I can be me and generate my energy to others that are like me or unlike or don't even know that they, they have similarities. And we can work together. So I would say um, that transition only happened to about eighth grade and eighth grade is where I kind of flourished and, and got into like a uh, team council and community services and leadership classes and uh, football and things like that, that really built my character and to be able to stick up for other kids. So um, I started like an anti-bully uh, uh, organization in uh, Sunnyvale, um, oh, I was Sunnyvale. on team council in Sunnyvale. Yeah, so I did a lot of those things on um, the community center over there by Columbia Middle School. Myself mm-hmm. and a lot of a lot of the other team councils put that together. You know, we were the ones that walked around, you know, places and asking for it. So, yeah. you know, my whole thing was 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 trying to build up my community and and dealing with kids that or youth that couldn't express themselves, mm-hmm. or or in a uh, community where there was violence or or things like that that they were trying to, you know, uh, come to themselves.
0: Mm-hmm. And so, that's amazing, man. I and I do remember, and I do remember some of that stuff growing up. Um, yeah, yes. Yeah. Which kind of like, you know, made me was one of the reasons why I looked up to you. Maybe not consciously, but at the time, it was definitely subconsciously. Um, Appreciate that. Yeah, absolutely. And so, uh, you know, w- another thing that I'm I'm recognizing is, you know, I. I and i'll go ahead and go on go out on a limb and and you can kind of mm. uh you can kind of uh, uh, correct me if i'm wrong but that bullying probably made mm. you feel a little either probably made you feel depressed at at a certain points in your life yes. and and i and i know you know and, and you can talk about this but i know that there mm. have been certain events in your life um that mm. have added to maybe that that depression that probably started when you were a kid right you know may have made may have made its reappearance into adulthood yes can you can you kind of talk about when you know because we we can't run from our past we really it'll 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 come back up eventually and and it's definitely it definitely has for me um Mm -hmm. can you talk about when in, in your adulthood when that depression or when that anxiety or when some of those thoughts come back Mm -hmm. and and they may not be as easy to shake off um right can you kind of talk about
1: uh yeah um I can say um even even as a youth uh, I dealt with a lot of my my depression by drinking and smoking Mm -hmm. so you know marijuana was introduced to me um, you know, is always, you know, always available. Right. So um, I got, I got on that um, alcohol, our family, you know, our family, you know, that's what Ooh. they do. I so know. that was always available. So I was that kid sneaking in my auntie's cabinet, my auntie and uncle's cabinet and yeah. put it in a Sprite bottle and going to school, you know? Yeah. And so that's how I kind of dealt with it to kind of numb the pain. Mm. Um, Then on top of that, you know, my mom was sick. So I was really dealing with like a double whammy at the time, like dealing with, it could be lost at the time and, and dealing with my own stuff. So as I got into adulthood after my mom had passed, um, that was already a form of depression, right? Yeah. So like my biggest cheerleader, you know, the one that kept me going and said, you know, you can do it, you can do it. That person was now gone. So now even though I had family members, I was feeling alone. So a lot of those things that I was building up to build those, uh, to build that platform for myself, this came crumbling down. Yeah. It was almost like a rebuild. And then once I got to like college, it just started completely all over again.
0: Oh like yeah. Everything time.
1: went from all the way ground zero. So being in a different state, um, being a light-skinned black kid in an all black college, yeah. um uh went right back to smoking, drinking, partying, um, I just yeah. found that as being a place where I can just be numb. Constantly like dealing with the depression, dealing with the loss of my mother, dealing with you know being different. I mean, it was just it just resurfaced itself, you know, not being around support.
0: Absolutely, and
1: yeah. that's
0: that's definitely. Oh man, if mm-hmm. if there's one thing that I can really relate to is is the mm-hmm. college thing. Is right, you know, when college you, thing when hits when, you when, when you when you just everything is available at that point. Mm-hmm. And you're in a different, yeah. You know, I know, I know for me, you know, just. I, you know, I've always been kind of sheltered by my parents.
1: Right. And
0: when I first moved away uh, from, from the Bay Area and like, Uh I lived, you know, I lived in, I lived in, I moved to Malibu for college. That was the first Uh time I was on my own first time. And I didn't have anybody. I had just, and, Uh and also I was dealing with like, I was dealing with like a relationship that just kind of like was tearing me down. And, and so, you know, as soon as I got to, as soon as I got to college, uh, Mm -hmm. man, party central.
1: Yeah. Well, not to cut you off, but that, that's where like, I introduced uh, like relationships as the new drug, you know what I'm saying? Relationships as the new place to get my mind off of my depression, my mind off of my struggle.
0: Yeah. Talk about, talk about that a little more. Cause I don't, I think a lot of people, I know, actually I know that a lot of people don't realize that they use right. relationships uh, as a form of of coping, you know, as an unhealthy right. form of coping with stuff yes. that has gone unaddressed. So, yeah, talk a right. little more about about how how you kind of use that as a um, so
1: so again, like you know, the drugs and alcohol at that time were getting a little like boring. I mean, doing it as as a youth to now you're an adult and you're on your own, you're like, okay, this is kind of boring. So being free, being on your own, not being around your parents and college, like what most people don't understand, like college is the mind game. Like everything is easy, accessible. I mean from a book in a library to panties. Like it's all a, <laughs> available. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like no one's gonna tell you no in college. <laughs> like, you know not, what I'm not saying? Not a so, single person. <laughs> not a single person. So so once I went to college, I found that having a relationship because I had a relationship with my my ex-girlfriend at the time mm-hmm. um in high school, and that was a weird little type of breakup. Um, once I got to college, I was just trying to um, build that back with someone like that same connection back with someone. I was trying to. I needed that. I needed that love that my mom, you know, that my mom gave me, and it wasn't there. I needed that compassion and that embrace that yeah. that 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 girl, which is now my wife, but then was my girlfriend, yeah. um, was giving me. And so I was trying to find that in every way, shape, or form, in every woman I can try to emulate to be those people. Yeah, you know, and yeah. and that was probably the most unhealthy thing. Besides the drugs and the, and the alcohol, that was probably the worst. one, Was actually the relationships, and like you said, a lot of people don't know that that's a that's a coping mechanism a lot of people use.
0: Yeah, and and you know it's crazy, and and this is this may go up to me listening to J Cole, but uh, basically he, uh-huh. he he says it over and over again. You know the most. You uh-huh. know Molly is a drug. Uh, you know weed is a drug. You know, right. uh, alcohol, whatever. But the most powerful mm. drug is love, right? Mm-hmm. And oh, yeah, oh, and, yeah. And, and, and like without a doubt. And unfortunately, mm-hmm. a lot of people just automatically associate love with like positive, like good things, you know? Right. There is such Correct. thing as unhealthy love, you know? Oh, <laughs> for
1: sure. It's, it's I've been top, in that a couple of times.
0: Yeah. <laughs> preach, <laughs> preach, you know, there's this thing, there's this thing, there's right. this thing called toxic love, you know what I mean? Uh-huh. And so don't, and so don't right. be fooled, but sometimes uh-huh. you got to go through it to realize that love can be toxic and love, love can be destructive. And so, uh-huh. you know, I, I'm really, I'm really glad, you know, to hear, to, to hear you talk about how, you know what, like relationships and love can be a form of coping. If you're not aware uh-huh. of the fact that you're using it to cope. And, exactly. you know, and sometimes, and sometimes you have to go through that to realize, why wait, wait a second, like mm-hmm. okay, love isn't just all good. Something like you gotta right. learn the difference between, you know, unhealthy love and mm-hmm. healthy love. And the only way right, right. to realize that, to really realize that is you, you know, sometimes you have to go through it. So mm-hmm. um at Amen. what at what point did you, you know, and, and you're dropping a lot of gems. And so I want to ask okay. you at what point did you mm. realize at what point did you become aware okay mm. I am I am coping I'm coping with my with feelings with with whatever it was mm. heartbreak depression anxiety I'm co- like I'm coping with relationships mm. with drugs with it mm. and I need to and I need to change course I need to switch directions mm. I need to do this in a right. healthier way Right
1: Um, unfortunately for me, it it happened after my third marriage. Um, and I know like when I tell people that they're like, oh, that's surprising. Like, but you know, in, in my state, I kind of felt like, you know, when when you make an honest woman, you know, make an honest man, then that's a great thing when it wasn't right Mm -hmm. at that time. And so um, you know, I, I wanted to be a father, so I got with a woman with a bunch of kids. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so that was unhealthy because my more focus was on the kids than on our relationship. Right. Um, my focus was trying to build this 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 reality of family because I didn't have one, and I was trying to build that. So that was a coping mechanism. That's what I put her and her kids through. That was that was a problem. Mm-hmm. Prior to that, was a an, uh, was another woman that I was just trying to emulate as my as my ex girlfriend, right, right at the time. And that wasn't a problem, even with my my wife that I'm with now, um, which was that original girl in, in high school. Right, right, right. Um, yeah, we, we had got a divorce and it was it was very unhealthy. The relationship was very unhealthy because we were both dealing with stuff. But I was dealing with it feeling that if I just had her back, I could be. Like I was in high school, right? I can be whole. I can be, you know, because we were in love. Like we were like Dawson's Creek, bro. We right, were right, right you know what I mean? Right. Everything was so great. We could talk for hours, sneaking on the phone. You know, what I mean, we could talk <laughs> about anything. But when you get an adult, different things change. You know that that purity and that and that openness is is a lot more sheltered and a lot more uh, there's a lot more scars to deal with. Yes. So I would say probably two years ago is when I when I realized, you know what, this is this is very unhealthy. Yeah. You know, God stepped in and was like, hey, you know, this this is not for y'all. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I need to split y'all up and I need you to deal with just me. You know what I mean? And that's when I realized I was the issue. I was the problem. I was dealing with something and trying to put somebody into my realm of what I wanted and try to build them the way that I wanted. And I wasn't even dealing with myself.
0: I want, every, I want everybody to really pay attention to what he just said and taking taking responsibility as a man taking responsibility for yeah. how you are dealing with these things and how they're affecting mm-hmm. other people. That yeah. is, that is yeah. huge. And that is healing, you know, and, mm-hmm. and, and it's liberating. Right. And, and, you know, and this isn't, this isn't necessarily a, uh, a religious podcast, but I do want you to talk about how your relationship with God helped mm. you helped you see things helped you see things a little clearer and helped you kind of uh helped you kind of i guess move in a in a direction that was a lot healthier for not only you but for right. your wife as well
1: right um for me i was i was seated into the church so my mom would always go my grandmother my great grandmother would always go so i was seated already in the church right. and once you're seated in there it, it's kind of hard to to go away, and the more and more you push away, the more and more these obstacles start coming. Yeah. So, long story short, um, on the day that my my wife now left, um, it, dude, that was the hardest day of my life. I I I, I swear it was like um, it's it's unexplainable. Like yeah. I I didn't have that much sorrow at my mother's funeral than when mm-hmm. she left. Yeah, I never found myself on the floor in a fetal position, crying out to God, angry angry about life. Um, mm. I took a whole, that same night, I took a whole bottle of Bacardi and felt nothing. Like I was just, I was just really trying to cope at that time. And and it was just, I was angry with God. I was angry with everything. Mm -hmm. And my pastor that same day texted me and was like, we don't text. And he just texted me and was like, see your church tomorrow. I was like, dude, I'm, uh, my wife just left me. Um. I don't think I'm drunk, but this bottle is gone. Like you know, like there's no way I'm going to church. Like this is the last place I want to go right now. Like he doesn't like me. Like he took my mom. He took my wife. He took he took everything. Like I'm I'm done with this. Like I'm done with life. And I I I knew that if I didn't make a move, that I was gonna end up somewhere I didn't want to go. You know what I'm saying? That that. You know, I've I've attempted suicide a couple of times. So mm-hmm. that being said, I, I knew in that moment like I, I needed to make a choice. Yeah. So how I got in that car, how I got to that church, bro, I have no idea. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and so I walked in the church, right? I walked in a church and he's he's preaching. And this is my youth pastor. You met him before. This yeah. is my youth pastor, same youth pastor that I was talking about originally in the original conversation about me going yeah. to church, same yeah. guy. And so I go to the church and he's, he's, he's preaching, he's preaching. And I'm just bawling yeah. and I'm texting my boys at the church. Like, Hey man, I'm gonna need some help, bro. Like, I, I don't know how I'm gonna deal with it, mm-hmm. you know? And, uh, that day I was, uh, I, some people it's, it's hard to believe, but that day I was at my chair and I ended up at the altar on the floor, sobbing for God. Wow. Right. Wow. And I had no idea how I got there. Cause where I was seated at, I would have had to step over the first lady and I know I didn't step on it you know right, right 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 so, so yeah so i forgot the actual terminology they call it but it's like where god makes a way and you end up at his altar and like no one knows that and you don't even know how you got there right,
0: right you understand right, what i'm right. saying yeah yeah so yeah.
1: when i when i yeah when i got there and i got it tattooed on me man you know what i'm saying like oh yeah Twenty third is gonna always go down oh yeah man. it's gonna always go down
0: uh, yeah yeah
1: and so when i'm sitting there man i'm getting flashes of my life and when he was there like wow. at my birth like i got a picture of him holding me i got a picture of him holding me as a grown man and i knew it was me because it's my bald head and my head against his chest you know so i know it's me um there's a place where i'm reaching for him and my finger's broken so i knew it was me Mm, you know and then i seen his feet at the at the cross and i seen the blood coming from his his, coming from his hands and and i didn't get to see his face because you don't get to see his face until you you get there but i got to see different parts and places of where i knew it was me and i knew it was me and him and forever then i was changed forever yeah. then it was like I came for you I didn't come for you in those relationships I didn't come for you in all those issues I'm coming for you to build you as a man that I need you to be yeah and i you know I'm so grateful you know actually I had the same conversation sort of with your with your brother yeah and I told him man I'd do that all over again all that yes. hurt that pain that sorrow dude I'll yes. take it all over again to know who I am as a man yes. And what my responsibility is as a man and what my responsibility is as a husband. Well, my responsibility is as a, as as a person in the community. Yeah. In that order.
0: Oh my gosh! <laughs> yeah. And for me, that I, man, I I love I just absolutely love hearing that, man, because mm-hmm. you know there, it takes it takes rock bottom. You gotta get to you gotta man. get to rock bottom, man. To to really, you gotta
1: get to the clay. <laughs> you gotta
0: get to do the to the the core of the earth to really understand exactly. to really understand, you know. To really recognize these things to to the point where your life flashes before your eyes and you're like exactly Whoa. okay mm-hmm. okay we're hitting the reset button and we're going back right. to going back to the foundation and we're mm-hmm. going back to and and we're going back to what got you here you know exactly um, to recognize that you're in a good place you know and and so. Mm-hmm. You know it, that that really resonates with me because, and 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 this this is to anybody who's listening currently during quarantine. Is mm. uh, you know I hit rock bottom in quarantine. Mm. You know, gotcha. I'm, over, I'm over here looking at, you know, I'm over here looking at my fiance. I'm over here looking at my puppy. I'm looking at my mm. my apartment. I'm looking at myself mm. in the mirror, and I'm just like what, what, why am I not happy? You know? And Uh so I'm, and so, you know, I'm, I'm over here looking at a hundred plus days of just like trying to figure out why am I not happy? Why am I, and you know, and, Uh and then, you know, and then there's one day when I'm just like, I can't even see in front of me. I'm like, man, this I'm, 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 I'm I'm down. I'm down. Uh And you know, and I pull out a last stop. I'm like, all right, God, I need your help. You know, right? And uh, and from there it changed. From there it just mm. changed. You know, yeah. and again, this isn't a religious podcast, but let's—I'm just giving you—I'm just giving you my <laughs> testimony on how it worked for me, and that's it, and, right? And, and, and the psychology behind that is that you're letting mm. go of control right right you can't control is an illusion as we've seen during this pandemic (laughs) right right but it's really apparent when it's really apparent when you just say you know what like i'm gonna stop trying to figure out why i'm feeling down why i'm feeling that like why all of this is happening Mm -hmm. i'm gonna stop trying to Mm -hmm. rationalize it and i'm gonna just ask god to just take it up for me and
1: and just that's that's real
0: and you know and from there everything i think the
1: biggest uh uh, I'm sorry. I, I think the biggest thing with, with what you were saying is that, you know, I applaud you for taking it on your own. You know what I mean? Yeah. At that moment in time that you took it on your own. Also, you gotta have a great team. You gotta have a great team of men that you can be raw with. Not one of your homeboys that agree with you about yep. every single thing, right? You know, you gotta have those brothers that you can call and they already know what you're calling about and you ain't talked to them in two weeks. Exactly. Like you need to have those type of brothers around, exactly. you know? And, um, Definitely without God, for sure, first and foremost. Mm-hmm. But definitely without my team, there would be no way I'd be able to get through a lot of the things I got through. So just the same situation you were talking about during quarantine. I was like, go of my job during the quarantine. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm same. saying? Same. And so, yeah, so I know if it wasn't for God being my strength and I knew it wasn't for my, my, my brothers, because like, mm-hmm. yes, of course I can talk to my wife about same. certain feelings I'm going through. Right. But your brother's or your friends, or your yes. homies, I mean, your ride or die dogs. I'm not talking about your acquaintance. I'm talking about your ride or die. Ride or die. they going to know what you're feeling. Yeah, sometimes it could be your family. Sometimes it could be outside of that. But the ones that you can talk to and they just let you get it out and they tell you the truth. Mm-hmm. You know, without that, without that, I don't know where I would be because iron sharpens iron. So brothers need right. brothers. Yep. You know, Amen. Sometimes, you, sometimes you may feel like, okay, if I say this to my wife or my girlfriend, how would she look at me? And right. that's okay. That's an honest feeling. Right. But, Go to your brothers and kind of register that, try to filter it through. Then you can have a conversation with her, but get get it on that man tip. Then that man tip, they can give you real recognized real. and play football, play basketball, play some that and do something while you're talking. Right. Then it, it registers. You know right. what
0: I'm saying? Oh my gosh. I yeah. you know, I hope I hope my guy, you know, I have my guys, and you know, we, yeah, we have yeah. our little sacred thing. I really, I really hope they hear that because they're gonna they're gonna right. smile when they hear that.
1: <laughs> that you right, know,
0: right. so um that's that's super important and, and we're gonna wrap this up because that that's a great that's a great place to to kind of leave off. Um okay. the last the last question I want to ask you, man, is you know, if mm-hmm. if if for anybody that's going any guy you know, that's going through it right now. Age doesn't even matter. You can be, you can be 16, you can be 70. Any guy that's kind of going Mm -hmm. through it right now and, and doesn't really know, you know, and specifically is just super depressed, super low, uh, you know, Mm -hmm. anxious and, and everything is kind of flipped on its head. Uh, what Mm would you, what, what, what would you tell them a short little blurb to kind of, to give them a little bit of hope to give them a little bit of uh. So, they can see the light at the end of the tunnel.
1: Right. Um, first things first, I would probably tell them outside of the spiritual realm, the very first thing I would probably tell somebody is write it down. Mm-hmm. Write your feelings down um, in a rap poem. You can write them in bubbles like you did when you were little kids, you know, and just write it all down. Just write everything down. Date it and write it down. Um, second, I would say is open your mouth to somebody if you don't open your mouth we won't we no one knows what you're thinking you know what i mean so closed mouth don't get fed so yes. if you don't say something to somebody um that's that's the that's that's the first thing um the second thing is is that i would definitely if you are a, a higher power believer if you are a believer in christ if you are a believer in whatever you believe in find those people those those leaders those elders in that place and ask to talk to them because yeah. they should be giving you something a little bit differently than your friends. They right. should be giving you something a little differently than yourself and also your girlfriend or your, or your significant other. Mm-hmm. They should be able to give you that, that non-biased feeling and point you in the right direction. Mm-hmm. You know, um, the ride should never be alone. This life is not made for you to be alone. So right. when you're feeling alone, that's when you need to write it down. Even if you can't say it, give it to somebody. Right. Write it down and pass it. Text it and text it to somebody without me texting those fellas they wouldn't have known where i was gonna be at yeah, yeah you know what i'm saying that's real. and it was a simple thing as i'm gonna be at church I'm <laughs> you, at, yeah, 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 you yeah, know yeah, the yeah. simple thing is that so th- those types of things is what uh i would i would tell uh, a, a, a person that's going through a depression is write it down filter it through find a higher power and mm-hmm. and, and open your mouth know that you are loved know that you are somebody
0: you are loved and you're somebody, man. That's exactly, that's amazing. Well, family, uh, thank you so much for, for sharing, sharing your story, sharing your experiences. I know for a fact that, um, a lot of guys that are listening to this right now can, can relate to everything that you're saying and, mm-hmm. and can kind of look at, can kind of look at your story as a way of knowing that, you know, no matter what you go through, cause you know, you've been through a lot, but no matter what you go through, it's always for a reason it's always for a bigger purpose and you know and and it's brought you and it's brought you to this point where you're on you're on breathe and you're telling and you're giving your testimony and you're telling other guys how to get through those tough times you know um so uh thank you again for 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 hopping on uh i love you and you know I love you too man i appreciate you, you. you're more you're more than welcome to to come back because i know the work that you do you know is is rooted in in helping other other youth you know other people in, and yeah. in, in getting through those mm-hmm. hard times so you're more than welcome to come back and we can do a part two part three part four whatever of this
1: hey it's all good just let me know schedule me in and i'm i'm, I'm with it
0: awesome thank yeah. you so much family yeah
1: thank you man congratulations to you and and yours man with the with the, with the podcast, man. I'm I'm just so proud of you for, for stepping up to the plate and and, and filling those shoes for the, for these men out here, man. I'm just I'm I'm beyond proud, bro. You have no idea. Thank you, man. Thank you. Thank you.
0: All right, man. Yeah. Thanks for listening to this episode of Breathe. If you'd like to be a guest on our show and share your experience with mental health, email us at the at gmail.com.